This is going to take a while. I'm a fantasy author. We have trouble with the concept of brevity. Brandon Sanderson. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. I'm Lieses, and I love the look on your face every time we read a Brandon Sanderson quote at the beginning. <laughs> you just look so happy. I am. He's my favorite author. And we get to talk about my favorite genre today, so why would I not be ecstatic? <laughs> so, in the month of March, we are going to be talking about genres. We're going to go into the specific genres, what they are, what they represent, the subgenres, the common tropes involved even down to titling and common cover art for them. One of the reasons why you need to know the genre is because you need to know your audience. Your genre determines the kind of people who read your book. And even though it's defined as this is a fantasy book, this is a thriller, you can have a mix and match. You can have a fantasy historical fiction, which is actually what I'm currently writing you can have a steampunk that takes place in outer space. One really good example of this is young adult fiction. It is a genre of its own, but the subgenres of young adult are YA fantasy, YA sci-fi, YA dystopian, YA romance. I mean, the other half of YA is a larger genre on its own. And on that same token, you have subgenres. You have slightly more specific versions of the ones that we're talking about in this. So let's get into fantasy, starting with the subgenres. One of the most common types of fantasy is the epic fantasy or high fantasy. Those often involve kings and palaces and dragons and streets. Not every story involves streets, so I'm pointing that out. There is a political element to high fantasy. An example of a high fantasy would be anything by Mercedes Lackey that I've read is a high fantasy. Game of Thrones is a high fantasy because you have the dragons and the kings and all of the political maneuvering in King's Landing. Epic fantasy is very connected to high fantasy. There's usually an element of that. Tolkien's very epic fantasy where it's a long story, drawn out character arcs, drawn out story arcs. Another thing with high fantasy, a lot of the times you'll have other races. You'll have elves and dwarves. World of Warcraft, the game, is very high fantasy. You also have more than one hero in a lot of your epic fantasies. You've got Aragorn, but you also have Frodo. Another genre, and this is one that mostly if I'm writing fantasy, it'll be in this category, and this is the dark fantasy. If you give a character power, it can corrupt them. It'll exacerbate every aspect of their character. Dark fantasies can be very adult. They can be very violent. And there's a realism to this kind of fantasy, despite the magic spells and such. There's still brainwashing and violence. Dark fantasy borders on a fantasy horror genre, where you have those darker, frightening themes the Cthulhu mythos is almost a dark fantasy kind of situation, part sci-fi as well. Probably the most popular genre-defining subgenre of fantasy would be the swords and sorcery. That's very much the Dungeons and Dragons. That 
has really brought the fantasy genre to the forefront of people's imagination. You can also have all swords, no sorcery. It doesn't have to have magic to be fantasy. Yes, I actually had this question when I first was pitching to agents, and I asked one of the agents, so my story feels like a fantasy, except there's no magic involved. It's just all swords, no sorcery. And he was like, that's a subgenre, but it is still technically fantasy because it doesn't take place on Earth. Therefore, it's fantasy. Another subgenre of fantasy is magical realism slash urban fantasy. You're seeing a lot of that pop up in the last three years or so. It's a huge focus on how would magic affect the real world as we know it. One example of this is the Netflix show Bright with Will Smith. I have a lot of issues with it. There was really bad storytelling, but the world itself is fascinating the way they built it. Urban fantasy is a slightly different version of this magical realism. A lot of the times it's about a subworld of what we currently know. There are vampires and werewolves and warlocks. We just don't know about it. They're out there. The first fantasy stories were less about magic and world building and more about fairy tales. Those still fall under the fantasy category because there's magic happening. There's another world, in this case, on top of our own. The difference being fairy tales often had a moral to the story. So who are some famous authors that are in the fantasy category? Brandon Sanderson. (laughs) (laughs) You also have Tolkien and George R.R. Martin. A fantasy YA author is J.K. Rowling. And some C.S. Lewis as well. There are so many good fantasy authors out there, it would be impossible to list all of them. We'd be here a while. And even though this episode's going to be long because brevity is difficult for fantasy anyway, we're not going to waste your time. So one of the things that is most defining about a genre is its setting. Not necessarily its plot structure, sometimes, yes, but the world that it's placed in. So for fantasy, there are a couple of different ways you can go, okay, is this a fantasy novel? Well, if it doesn't take place on Earth, and Earth isn't part of the existence. If it's not spaceships. Yeah. Then it's probably fantasy. There's also a very big trend, especially through kind of like the 90s, 80s and 90s, early 2000s, of a medieval Europe-esque kind of world. You've got the Sword of Shannara series, you've got Terry Pratchett, you've got a lot of that kind of thing where most stories seem like they're just set in medieval Europe. And I think that has a lot to do with when magic was a thing in society before it sort of fell away to the Enlightenment and science and all of that. Another setting common for fantasy is the now, but not. That urban fantasy where, yeah, it's modern day, it's real world, but there's something different about it. If I'm reading a snippet from a book online and I never saw the cover and I don't know who the author is, I can still more often than not tell if it's a fantasy novel by the writing style alone. As much as I hate to admit it, adverbs are still very common in fantasy. And it's actually kind of okay (laughs) for that genre. In fantasy, you've already got that permission from your readers to build the world. 
So you can have those super long sentences. You can have those quiet moments where the character is just explaining the social structure. Another thing, fantasy authors are given a lot of leeway in how their stories play out. Because you're building a world and need to immerse the reader in that, you have an ability to go down some tangents that in an action book would be boring and nonsensical. Yeah. You don't want to ever waste the reader's time. And fantasy treads a very thin line in that regard because it's very easy. You've been given an inch, don't take a mile. Tangents can be acceptable for the idea of deepening a world. You get readers invested with details. You get them joining your world with details. And as far as the writing style itself, you have a lot more lengthy sentences, lengthy paragraphs. A lot more description. Yes. Your audience is okay with taking the time to learn. And part of that lends to the word count of fantasy. With fantasy, we can be a little longer. For a new author, fantasy novels can be usually from about 90,000 to 120,000 words. And that is the longest of the genre. If you are looking at a map and word count by genre, fantasy gets the high score in this case. There are exceptions to the 90 to 120,000 word count, but those come with time and popularity as an author. So I've picked up this book. How do I know that it's a fantasy book? The cover and title have a lot to do with how you know it's fantasy. There are some titling conventions in fantasy. The words and phrases used will feel a little more ethereal, and it won't be fun, usually. There's not some quippy title in fantasy. You often see a lot of the place of noun and weather. So the throne of swords and rain. The Game of Thrones that gives you a image of epic battles. Your covers are all going to have some similar colors, namely purple. You're going to see a lot of purple and silver, purple and green as well. That I think we see a lot more in film than in book covers. A lot of your artwork on fantasy is going to lean more towards actual artwork rather than photographs or graphic design. You're going to have a lot more location-type art, where you're showing a vast expanse of something, maybe with a character or two. And there's something, especially in YA, about redheads. I don't know. There's redheads all over the covers of fantasy YA. (laughs) There are some common tropes, some common themes, some common plot lines that occur through many fantasy stories. In almost all of your stories, you're going to have a chosen one type character, some kind of prophecy about often your main character. Sometimes it's about the one ring. Sometimes it's about the saviors will come as four siblings. But there is a foretelling of the events that happen in this story in some way. Another thing that you're going to see a lot of in fantasy that you might not see in other places are just weird names. I mean, just look at Lord of the Rings. Yes. I mean, you've got Sam, you've got Bill the Pony, and you've got Mountain Doom. Everything else is weird. What do you mean Frodo's weird? 
I have a cousin named Frodo. Oh, who doesn't? (laughs) This is pretty common mostly because it is another world. People want it to feel like another world. So giving them common boring names just doesn't feel epic and fantastical enough. The last common trope that we're going to talk about with fantasy genre is the evil overlord. Your Saurons and your Voldemort, your one person that is trying to take over the world and rule it. This is often your villain who's going to pose the threat and your main character is going to change the world by conquering this villain in some way. So there are a lot of fun things in fantasy because you get to create your own world. You get to create that fantastic society. And there's so much imaginative potential in fantasy. That's why I write it. Because I have this huge imagination that dreams about other worlds and magic and fun. And it's just so amazing to be able to think about that. And this is why I really enjoy writing fantasy because it allows me to always... Write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 